so when no one speaks back, the circle energetically speaks back and allows for mm. what you experience, which is this vulnerable dropping in and sharing wherever you are on your journey and just being held. And that's all we want anyway. We all just want to be held and seen. Yeah. Hi there. I'm Kelly Tennant and welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we get real so you can be well. Each week, I sit down to have authentic conversations with the leading voices in health and wellness to help you detox your life and give you the tools to feel your best and most vibrant self. My guests are here to educate you on the latest healing remedies, ancient wisdom, and alternatives to the traditional path. I've personally curated the platform to elevate your mind, body, and spirit. Back in the day, tribes and villages of women raised children together. Nothing was done alone. But as time has gone on, we've lost this beautiful practice. We're in a society where we're expected to have children and families and careers and do so independently, perfectly, and Instagram-worthy at all times. When I found Women's Space, it felt like I was in this time warp, a place where women gather in circle to share, support, hold space, and love. You set intentions, ground in with other women, and help navigate this big life as one. The creator of this beautiful practice here in LA is Paula Malice. In our conversation, you'll hear me talk about her giving off this vibe that she's done this all before. It feels like she's spent lifetimes healing and supporting women in really powerful ways. The way she carries herself with such intention and purpose is something I love to learn from. And not only does she lead these circles, but she's also a doula for many families. A mother herself, she is truly living her purpose and helping guide us all along the way. Find Paula and her team at Women's Space, that's W-M-N Space on Instagram, and please enjoy this lovely conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I'm so my excited. From the moment I found Women's Space on Instagram, which is how I found you guys, mm-hmm. I was like, I need to talk to her. <laughs> I love this. And then I came for a circle and it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. I think I cried the second I opened my mouth oh. and I was like, oh, well, this is how this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing that you've created. I'm so happy Thank for you. you and all of the people that you've been able to impact through that. So how did Women's Space come to be? Well, women's space came to be, gosh, well, my first birth with my daughter, Madeline, which was six and a half years ago, I, before I became pregnant with her, I had just gotten married and my husband and I were really changing careers. And my biggest question is why am I here? Why am I on the planet? What's my purpose? And it was through my conception journey with Madeline, being pregnant with her and then birthing her that really allowed for this opening within me to really receive clarity around why I'm here. And that really came through the experience of, um, like I said, the conscious conception, pregnancy and motherhood and having a doula support me in that process. I, on the other end, was, I just want to be of service to a woman the way that my doula was of service to me. And then I'll feel that my journey has been complete. And through that, I ended up attending my first birth and I've been going to births ever since. And that has just been the very beginning, but then there's been this evolution of what doula work is and and um, how that shows up in my life to date as I'm working with people. And I was also in the process of completing my master's in spiritual psychology. And through that second year, we had to work on a project, our second year project. And through the process that they took us through came women's space and this intention for holding a space for women to come and gather and be supported wherever they are on their journeys. And I was already doing that in my home in my living room, holding circle around the new and full moons every month. I was holding circle for birth stories as I was attending these births and meeting all these beautiful women and mamas. Everyone was feeling called to come together and share their experiences of being pregnant and motherhood. And then at the time I was working with a dear friend of mine um, who is an astrologer and we were also in the program together. So we had this 
layer of spiritual psychology and those teachings and principles. And it was kind of putting in the pot, really all the things that I was doing and how I was being of service to women really allowed the creation of women's space to happen and taking it outside of my living room. Right. How many women were coming to your house? The first time I did a new moon circle, it was my friends. So it ended up being about 20 of us. But then my friends wanted to do it again. And then they told their friends. And then eventually, a couple of years later, I looked around the room and there were 50 women sitting in my living room. And I only knew maybe three or four people in the room. And so I really took that as an opportunity to really ask, is there more that I could be doing? And also my husband was asking when, (laughs) when is this going to be graciously (laughs) asking when these women would maybe gather somewhere else. (laughs) And then I did, I found my friend's studio, um, in Venice and we would meet there to break it up a little bit. And then eventually through, like I said, my second year project, I, just felt called to put women and it just all came together. Women's space really came together so organically and all the, um, the unfolding of it all was very natural. And so it felt that it, I was finally getting the answer to my question of why am I here and what is my purpose as things, as I started to take action steps and then I was being met with those action steps. I felt like I was finally on path for why I'm here. Before you started doing circles and studying the spiritual psychology and all of that, what kind of path were you on at that point? My career path? I had been modeling and a commercial actor since I was 15 years old. (laughs) Um, Yeah, which was quite the path and really grateful for that journey. I learned a lot, um, but it definitely, I hit a wall Mm -hmm. and it wasn't filling my cup. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I've had a few different women that have modeled or still do on the show, and they say similar things where they just get to a point where they realize there has to be more to life and more to them as people Mm -hmm. because so often you get put in this box and it's, oh, you're so beautiful and you're so this, but please don't open your mouth or Mm -hmm. don't say how you feel. And so many brilliant women that want to say something, and Mm -hmm. finally they hit that point where they're like, no time for me to talk and say what I've been holding back and then they emerge and it's like they they bloom and they're a flower. Do you feel like that sort of happened for you? That absolutely happened to me. I felt like that was the most stifling part of being a model is it was never about how you felt. It was never about how you were feeling. It didn't matter. It was just more of like suit up and show up and put a smile on your face. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot to say and I had a lot of big feelings and I had a lot on my heart, but I didn't know how I wanted to share it and in what way I would emerge. And that's why it was such a powerful experience with conceiving my daughter. It really allowed me to open up and transform into something that I didn't even know I could be capable of transforming or embodying. When you were younger, were you sort of an emotional kid, emotionally intelligent? Yes. And I feel my birth name, I'm going to release this, (laughs) is Paula Ann is my birth name. And I dropped Ann when I started modeling because it just didn't sound right. And that was the feedback I was getting from the industry. And so I dropped it. And just recently I was in a circle. I wasn't facilitating. I'd been invited to a circle and it was around this beautiful roaring fire. And I am really in this place in my life where I feel fully connected to Paula Ann, but as an adult. So everything I'm doing in my work, I feel like I'm playing. I feel childlike. I feel completely in an authentic state of everything that I'm doing in my life and how I'm showing up in my life today, which is such a blessing. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the child. Like I had a conversation with my girlfriend recently and she's known me for so long. And I feel like that's a part of myself that I've really lost. And she, within the three seconds we talked, she got into my core and she, she made me realize that it's because I, I believe that 
success means being serious. I've lost that sense of play and fun Mm. correlating to success. Mm -hmm. And so I find myself, and I don't know that it's coming from a place of fear or uncomfort. I still haven't gotten that figured out yet, but I'm trying to get back to that fun and that play and try and create that within what I'm doing as well. How, how have you found that? And what does that look like for you? Hmm. I've done a lot of inner child work through my own process. And then a lot of what can come up when I'm working, especially with my doula clients. And that can be whether they're in the fertility stage or the pregnancy stage or a new mom or really anyone. I mean, I'm working with a woman right now who just wants to rebirth herself into a new way of being. And so a lot of what we're talking about in what I've also learned is learning how to mother yourself. And what does that really mean? And guiding women through a process of how do we handle all these little girls that live inside of us that need us? Mm -hmm. And how do we learn how to mother them? And um, that's such a beautiful process. And it's what I've applied in my own journey is really learning how to identify when the little girls are present, whether they're upset or they're needing more playtime or whatever is coming up and really learning how to apply that mothering support with them. And sometimes that's just holding space for the little girl to play. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's holding space and nurturing and um, giving them a dialogue into being able to express themselves. Mm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you talk about the inner child work, is that a lot of people have said to me that journaling and almost writing the letter to her, talking to her, yes. having that dialogue is really yes. important. Is that what you've done? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's also another therapy called Gestalt therapy. It's G-E-S-T-A-L-T. And it's a, it's a process that I learned when I was um, in the master's program for spiritual psychology, which is a, a particular way that you dialogue with either your inner child or another part in yourself. And it's really meant to allow for the higher self to become present Mm -hmm. and dialogue with the little one that's inside or the fear that's inside. And through that dialogue um, back and forth is meant to support and healing and clarity. Mm. So in, in relationship, like with, with your husband, you don't need to tell me anything about him, but just in relationship <laughs> in general, because you know, you're a little girl, his his little boy, oh, yes. then you're dealing with your own children oh, yes. who are children. How do you navigate that? What does that look like? Oh my gosh. I feel like that's a podcast. Yeah. Hour in itself. <laughs> I find it. Well, having children is such a huge opportunity to grow and evolve because they're constant, constantly marrying back either a pattern that they're taking on and learning because of myself or my husband or our relationship to each other, or just because their own little evolved beings coming in and reflecting and mirroring back an opportunity to grow. And yeah, I mean, I feel like most of the time, if I'm really upset, it's not big girl Paula, it's little girl Paula. Mm -hmm. And when my husband and I don't see eye to eye, it's our little two people coming together and they are just not happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it's because he's also in therapy and, and has his own spiritual practice. And thank God for that, because we don't suffer in our upset anymore. We are in upset because we're in a human experience, but we don't suffer anymore because we have the tools mm-hmm. to really go, oh, that's that thing, that little person inside of me that's upset because of this thing that happened when I was six or whatever. And really having those tools to really support the upset mm-hmm. has been, I mean, I don't know how people live life and don't have that because I know for us, it's everything. Mm -hmm. And we have that language between us that allows us to move through things that are challenging, but to not live in the suffering. I think that there's a misconception of having dealt with things. So if things have happened in your life and you feel like you've dealt with them, but my belief is that subconsciously it's there until you really mm-hmm. do that work and mm-hmm. going into you know the inner child work or whatever that looks like for somebody. 
How do you go about or how is your understanding in terms of dealing with things that may in one way to you feel like you've dealt with them, but really they're so deep within you and they are dictating a lot of your feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. and you just haven't gone there yet. Does that make sense? Mm. I guess it's stuck in the subconscious and you're not, you haven't dealt with it or it is your, your little girl and you feel like you dealt with something that happened to you when you were young, but really she's still suffering because you haven't helped her through that. Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm hearing, and you'll let me know if this doesn't Mm -hmm. directly answer your question, is that there's so many layers to the psyche and so many layers to all of us. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, my husband and I did get in an argument this weekend, but it wasn't in the same, it didn't have the same intensity or energy around it because there's been healing around it. Mm -hmm. So then there was just an opportunity for another layer to be healed. And so it isn't about getting to a place of enlightenment, fully being healed because we're in a human experience, but it was really beautiful to see, wow, we've done a lot of work around this and there's another opportunity for another layer to, to heal around this. And, and that was really a beautiful opportunity because we were able to repair something in a way that we had not been able to repair before because of the evolution of the upset and the healing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. That's great. How have you managed yourself and your own growth while also being a wife and a mother and not getting caught up in everyone else's growth and needs? Mm. And all that? Well, having my husband and two children and a business and clients, all of these things are what allow me to grow. And I look at them as all as an opportunity to evolve and get to know myself more, to heal patterns that no longer serve me, to just have that reflection back is how I get to grow through relationships. Mm -hmm. So when you're in women's space and you have all of these people coming in, all of these women coming in, I love that there's no guys there. It's so nice. (laughs) The men are there when they're in support of the women. Yes, exactly. So it's not like we're... No not boys allowed. Yeah. No, definitely not anti-man. <laughs> no. We cannot grow and evolve in the feminine if we're in that space, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I agree. There, no, that we are we do not hate men. Yes. <laughs> we love them. Yes. And they're <laughs> and they so are many wonderful men. It, exactly. And they're absolutely welcomed into the space when they are in support of a woman. So when I'm, for example, working with a client who um, maybe has some fertility issues or we're already in the pregnancy. The partner, if present, is always welcome mm-hmm. and is a part of that process. And I do a lot of couple work. I do a lot of couple work with um, the conscious conception work. But again, it's when it's in support mm-hmm. of the work that we're doing around the feminine. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. When you have all these women coming in for circles and clients and the one-on-one work, and you talk about you know everyone's a reflection of each other and everyone is teaching each other through that, you're, you're sitting there and I've watched you do it. It's so wonderful and powerful and you're so calm and holding that space and you have 30 women around you and it's a very vulnerable place to be in. What do you learn about yourself in those moments when it's really not about you because you're there for them, mm-hmm. obviously, but I imagine that you get so much out of that for yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every circle. And I just led circle this morning, mm-hmm. so I'm just coming off circle. Yeah. I love facilitating and leading and holding space, it absolutely fills me up completely. And what I've learned is just to allow myself to be an open vessel of love and to practice neutrality. And I think that I honestly practice it the best when I'm holding space in circle. Mm. A lot harder to hold space and be in neutrality with my daughter who's six and a half, (laughs) much more challenging with my husband, but it is easiest for me to practice that way of being within my work. Mm -hmm. And it's just even more of an opportunity for me to take that home with me. And I do it the best that I can. But at work, I feel that that question that I was asking in the beginning of our interview around, you know, why, why women's space, what started all of this is I really feel that I'm in my calling and living out my dharma when I'm holding space. Mm, that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Could you have seen this for yourself when you were younger? This is what I was doing when I was younger. 
but not in the way that it's manifested. Yeah. So the way I used to play when I was a little girl, the way I would round all my family up and you know, I'm the oldest of four with three young brothers and I'm the only girl of 13 grandchildren besides my much older um, cousin who's also a woman, but we were never close or around. So it was always just me and a bunch of boys. And I just would round everyone up and do put on these programs and like plays and like you know, just do all this um, playing with my fit and everyone would behave and everyone oh would God. line up and do every, you know, so bossy. <laughs> my daughter's so bossy. I'm just like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, that was me at yeah. six and a half. But the way that I would just imagine and play and create, it's, I mean, I wasn't holding space and, and talking about birth specifically, but I just feel that that is what I'm doing now. Mm. The way that I was playing when I was a young girl. Yeah. Oh, that's so neat that mm-hmm. that happened. Everything comes full circle. Yes, it does. Hey guys, a quick pause to ask you for a little favor. Will you subscribe, rate, and review the show? If you send a screenshot to hello at thisistheplatform.com, we'll send you my exclusive master list with tons of healing resources and discounts for services and products. I would really appreciate you taking the time to help a sister out. Reviews are how we get the word out and help this community grow, and we cannot do it without you. When you were coming up with the curriculum for each of your circles, because there's a lot of different themes that you use, Mm -hmm. depending on where you are in the month or who you're serving or what that looks like, Mm -hmm. how do you go about that and knowing what people truly need at that time? Mm. That's a good question. That's changed over the years. So in the beginning, specifically when I would do the new moon and full moon circles out of my house, my dear friend and I were co-facilitating the circle together and she's an astrologer. So we would always go to the astrology. And then again, because we were both in the program in the master's program in spiritual psychology, we also had those principles and the things that we were learning. So it's wherever we were in our journeys, we were inspired. Everything we were learning or a layer of healing that that we had experienced, we were like, oh, let's take this to the group. Let's mm-hmm. share this with the group of how we were able to work through a relationship or this upset. Or So that's really how it started. And now I feel a little bit the same. I'll either be you know, whether it's from a reading or a book that I'm reading or a lot of it now that I'm back to work after being on maternity leave, just inspiration from working with people, with my clients, really just getting out of my own way Mm -hmm. and letting it come through. And it just comes through. I'll have a dream about it. Like this circle coming up on Wednesday, I literally had a dream about it. And I kept dreaming about it and dreaming about it and dreaming about it. And I was like, okay, I guess this is what the theme is. (laughs) So you're like channeling mm -hmm. all of this work. That's how it's showing up now. Mm. Before it was more like, what can I do to get the answer? And now it's just allowing myself to be so I can receive the answer. Do you feel that in your body energetically, how different it is from trying to make it be something to just letting it happen? Yes. Yeah. What does that difference feel like? One is attachment, a grasping, a holding on to. The other one is a surrender, a letting go and an allowing. Mm Mm-hmm. Were you scared of the surrender and letting go? Of course. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there's always fear before letting go. I don't, unless, I mean, from my experience anyway, I haven't been in a place of like, oh, like, hmm, and I'll let go. You know, it's like, (laughs) oh my God, I'm dying. And it's like, let go. (laughs) Is it, were you scared of the success of what it could be? The failure? Just the unknown? Mm. I used to be more afraid, more fearful of the success. Mm -hmm. I'm not now. Yeah. I'm not now because I don't do what I do for success. Before I did, I was like, I don't know what this is going to look like and will it be anything? And, you know, the success was there. Something about giving birth to my son who will be a year old in a month. 
that, not that, look, of course, in a human experience, of course, fear comes up and questioning and all of that. But I named him Phoenix for a reason. It really was a rising from the ashes. Mm. And I just don't show up for, I just, I really do have a trust. I really trust because I know what it is that I'm showing up for. Mm -hmm. So the fear isn't as heavy as it used to be. Mm -hmm. I have moments of it, but I don't live in it. That's the difference Mm -hmm. is I used to live in it. I don't live in it anymore. I literally, it'll come in. I'll feel it. Oh my gosh, there you are again. I'll befriend it. I know what to do with you now. And I work a process around it and then I let it go. It just doesn't live in me all the time anymore. I think that when you're younger, there is that fear of success because there's you're scared you're not going to fit in. You're going to shine. You're going to mm-hmm. move past people. You're going to let leave people behind, all these different things. And then as you get a little older, I'm, I'm almost there. So close. <laughs> um, you realize that it's okay. Like yes. It's okay to just go. And that's yes. a hard place to get to. Yes. Marianne Williamson has a quote and I, it's a longer quote and I suggest everyone read it and look at it. It was my mantra for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I would get it up as a part of my ritual every morning, my prayers, and I would recite it every morning, mm-hmm. every morning. And one of the things that she says is, who are we not to shine? Mm-hmm. It is not, and I'm paraphrasing, but it doesn't do any good for me to, to not shine and to stay small. Because by shining and really shining authentically, not from an ego place, but real from a heart space, really allows the other person, gives the other permission, I can shine too. And who are we not to shine? We are all children of God. Mm -hmm. And then she goes on and on and on and talks more about it in in, um, the quote. But it's I recited that quote because I didn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I had to come to believe in myself and in the um, gift of living in that place of of fearlessness and allowing myself to fully to fully shine. Do you feel that transaction that you're creating or or bringing that out of women when they're with you that you're giving them permission to do the same by just holding your own self in that space? Yes, yeah. and it is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, is to watch the light go on in someone else's eyes. And for them too to feel that love for themselves enough to allow them to shine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more. It's so beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Just looking at you, I don't know. I'm sure you've done past life work to tell me what, who you were <laughs> have, and what you did. I have, but-, <laughs> but I like look at you and I'm like, you have you have to have like been the medicine woman of a village or the healer or mm. like the head of a tribe or mm. something like it it's like you've done this before that's mm. the feeling i get it does like it's feel not really foreign. familiar yeah mm-hmm. yeah it does it feels it feels very natural it really does it does mm-hmm. i mean who knows i don't know yeah. i have done past life work but who knows yeah I don't know. It almost like doesn't matter in a way because I just feel, it just feels so good and Mm -hmm. it feels so right now. But I will say that in the past, if I was to remember anything about past life stuff is it wasn't always safe Mm. to be a woman, to lead women. And the fact that I get to do that this time around in public and that we're safe is a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a second because obviously we're in this huge movement for women. Yes. And with Me Too and all of these things happening and women really stepping into their power and understanding what that gender equity is and all of those things. Mm -hmm. How do you see women's space, your role in that and what you're creating within that movement? Yeah, it's so interesting. I had no idea. I knew we were intuitively, I knew that we were moving into a place of rising in the feminine, in the consciousness, feminine consciousness. But I didn't know how it was going to manifest. And it's just interesting how women's space is alive during this time of 
um, this shift and this opportunity to shift as women. And I feel like that I am doing my part and women's space is doing our part um, we have a lot of work to do still a lot, all of us, women's space included, but it really starts for me, I think creating a space that's truly safe and sacred and welcomes all women and anyone who identifies as a woman and inviting them in and when it is appropriate and they are of service to the woman. So I feel that um, women's space, like I said, is definitely doing doing our part. And coming together and sitting in circle is so vital. Mm-hmm. And I, my prayer is that women will take it as serious as their yoga practice, as their Pilates practice, as their... It's medicine Mm -hmm. and it's narrative medicine to sit in circle and to be in circle and to hold ourselves and each other with whatever is going on Mm -hmm. in our lives is so vital. And I really feel that it's the together and the coming together that really is the healing that we need collectively Mm -hmm. right now. Well, I think there's so much judgment and there's so much insecurity, Mm -hmm. especially in social media and all of that. It just creates these narratives in our heads. And so the idea of going to a space where there's more women that could potentially judge you can be very fearful. Mm -hmm. And what you've created, because I'm I'm such an introvert and I do not go to social gatherings, let alone by myself. It makes me panic. And mm-hmm. so I was so scared to go, but I made myself go alone because I knew I needed it. And I walked in and it was the loveliest group of people. Everyone was so kind. You sit in circle. No one responds back to you. Mm-hmm. You just, everyone is holding that space for you. And that's why I cried immediately because I saw 30 women just looking back at me while I was being so vulnerable and it's it's so beautiful and you never feel judged you feel loved and welcomed and it's just you can be who you are and there i just don't see places like that anywhere where you don't have to walk in and impress someone and mm-hmm. be something you're not you can just be naked and let it out and it's okay yeah it's so beautiful yeah that's the intention yeah that's the intention When people don't respond back, I know that you consciously created that, obviously, because you're in Mm. conversation with someone and you're telling your girlfriend whatever vulnerable thing you have to say. And then she starts going back at you. It's okay, whatever. Or, oh, here's what I went through. I understand. (laughs) So not necessarily helpful all the time. We're trying to be helpful and relate. But at the end of the day, having someone to just sit there and listen to you can be way more powerful. How did you go about creating that? Because I've sat in circle, not as the facilitator and not as the person holding space and have experienced exactly what you experienced. Mm -hmm. And so I brought that into the work that I'm doing. And why is it so important that someone not always respond back and let someone just have their moment? Because the circle collectively holds a certain energy than the individual So allowing for the consciousness of the circle, which you know, because you've been, that I call forward before we even open circle, that everything that comes through the circle come through with grace and with ease and with love, period. That's all that's available to be in the circle Mm -hmm. and in this container. And when it's held in that way on a group level, then the group can hold for that where when we're one-on-one or individual with someone, we're really just getting the feedback of where that one person is. Mm -hmm. So the feedback energetically is the intention of the circle, which is non-judgment and love and support and residing in community. And so when no one speaks back, the circle energetically speaks back and allows for Mm -hmm. what you experience, which is this vulnerable dropping in and sharing wherever you are on your journey and just being held. And that's all we want anyway. We all just want to be held and seen. And so within the group, when there's no crosstalk or interjecting, the the person sharing, sharing gets the opportunity to experience what it feels like within love to be heard and seen. Mm. 
And that's all we really want. Yeah. That's all our little girls want, our mm-hmm. little boys want, whoever it is. Yeah. You know, that's all we want. My my daughter, the majority of the time when she's most upset, it's usually because she's not feeling heard or seen mm-hmm. or she needs something. Mm-hmm. How often do you use that in your personal life of not necessarily responding back, but just holding that for that person? I do the best I can yeah. and as often as I can. Yeah, it's a little harder when with I'm a six tired, and a half year old, I'm when sure. When I'm like exhausted and, you know, haven't slept because the baby's up or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, when, when I remember my my own teachings <laughs> and apply them to myself, things usually go a little more smoothly. <laughs> what is that? But we, I too forget. Yeah, we write the book that we needed. You created this completely, space that you <laughs> Completely. Oh, trust me. I walk into women's space and I'm just like, oh, thank God I'm here. Yeah. You know? And then, yeah, of course, the more I apply what I teach, absolutely, I get to also reap the benefits of the teachings because they're not mine anyway. It's yeah. just what's coming through me. It's really just the universal spiritual teachings that's available to all of us. Mm-hmm. What does your friend group look like? My friend group? Yeah. The girls that you, I don't know what you do with them, but mm. socialize, have dinners with. Yeah. What kind of people are they and how do you guys support each other? That's such a beautiful question. I don't know if anyone's ever even asked me to acknowledge my, my inner sisterhood mm. friends. Which is interesting because that's how this all started Mm. was with my sisterhood friends. And my time with my friends is very much how I spend time in work. We're usually in circle, sharing on a deep level, Mm. but that's just me. Yeah. I don't, it's hard for me to just talk about the weather. Oh, I feel you. (laughs) I'm like, hi. You want to be friends? Do you want to go deep? Cool. We're friends. As long as you can go deep with me, we can work. But I just say small talk. I'm just, I'm not interested right now. I'm in a, in a, um, private book club where we're reading mystical book club where we're only reading spiritual texts. And so when we get together, it's very mindful and loving and conversation. And a lot of my friends are also moms, which is important. Not all of my friends, but most of my friends are moms. And so we're talking about how to do it all, how to raise our children in a loving, conscious, mindful way, Mm -hmm. how to stay married through it all and, you know, be in a mindful partnership. And, but yeah, it's, it's, I spend time with my friends, very similar in the way that I sit in circle, except I'm obviously not facilitating. I'm one of Mm. instead of, um, yeah, just really allowing myself to be vulnerable and share about where I am, but it's very mindful time together. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Um, I love hearing that. That's kind of what Liza and I have been creating Mm. our little circle. Oh, I love Um, that. I hate small talk and Mm -hmm. I've, I've always had a hard time with girls and women being bullied and mm. jealousy. And um, so I, I really pushed women away for a long time. And I worked in sports. So I was with men and mm. then I wanted this so badly. I wanted to create a show that was based around women and have a group of incredible women around me that I could support and show up for in that way too. And knowing Liza the way we know each other now, we, we both were just like, we have to have this. And ours involves wine and food and we have a mm-hmm. lot of chefs. Yeah. And, and so it's beautiful. just so great. Like we connect on such a deep level. Everyone shows up for each other in such a powerful way. I've never seen anything like it in my life for me. And it's something I just want for every woman because mm-hmm. as you know, it can it shifts everything. You have people to cheerlead you, you have people yeah. to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you have people to go there with you. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. It's, there's something about it that I can't describe, but it, it fills you up. Those girls nights, when we go, we all say, you know, we were tired or we were busy, but it's the best thing ever that we yes. came. It changes yes. everything. Yes. Yeah. 
I love that you all bring the food piece. That's not yeah. my offering, okay. but I do have friends in my life that bring the food piece, nice. and I'm so grateful for yeah. that piece. <laughs> I'm like, if you guys are all chefs, we, we better be doing food. I know. I love that. Yeah. It's such, McLean so is important. part of our group. Oh, I love yeah. that. And Carolina. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. Such an incredible uh, group of women. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I had McLean on the show, and we talked so much about what it means to be a postpartum doula mm-hmm. and Ayurveda and the tough time that women have with breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. so much around that. But I would love your perspective on being a doula Mm -hmm. and what that process really looks like and why you think it's so important for someone to have that support. Yes. Well, I call McLean Sister McLean. Yes. She's also one of those friends that I'm talking about Mm. that I spend time with and love deeply. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful to share doula work with her and we share clients and the work is so powerful. And my birth doula work or doula work really has shifted so much over the past five and a half years because I've shifted so much in the past five and a half years. And what I really see for myself and how I'm supporting women is I'm dueling them way before they even conceive, Mm. which is so amazing that we're getting that opportunity to work and uncover and discover and discard and reveal all that's present to them before the conception even happens. Mm -hmm. So the dueling is really starting with conscious conception dueling or fertility dueling. But once I get to my clients who are pregnant, having that support, we're really, I'm really guiding them through the process Mm -hmm. because there's a lot that goes into birthing, especially right now. And even more so if a woman's going to birth in the hospital. And a lot of people assume doula work is for like the home birther or the water birth. And that's not actually true at all. I have held space and have supported women in so many different births, hospital, birth center, home birth, cesarean birth, lots of different birth experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's really about having that guide and that person there to hold the space and to um, educate and empower and support um, them through the process. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a minute to talk about today's sponsor. I talk all about my daily beauty routine. You guys have seen inside my bathroom, inside my makeup bag. I'm all over the place with this because I truly believe in having a non-toxic routine. So I've gotten all the makeup covered and all of the body wash, the face wash, the whole nine, but I was looking for a fragrance that was clean. Unfortunately, fragrances for the most part are toxic hormone disruptors. So I went on a search and I found Fleur and they're based in Austin and you can find them on Instagram or online at P-H-L-U-R. Their co-founder, Eric Corman, was so sweet. He sat down with me for an hour when I went to Austin and that's episode 11 if you want to learn more about this company. But we talked all about the lack of regulation in the industry and how frustrating that can be because you don't want something messing with your hormones and you don't want something causing all these different kinds of allergic reactions. So what do you do? You source from the very best places. You create a clean product that doesn't have a bunch of harsh chemicals in it. And that is exactly what Fleur is doing. I love them for this. In case you're wondering, because I know you are, my favorite fragrance is Sandara. It is so beautiful. Did I mention how great their packaging is too? It's this opaque white glass and it protects the internal ingredients, but is so beautiful when it's sitting in your bathroom or in your bag. It goes with everything. So Sandara is a little bit more of a masculine feel to it, um, but it has that great everyday scent that you can wear. So that's my favorite. And Fleur wants you to check it out for yourself. So if you use the code KellyT at checkout when you go to Fleur.com, Get a sample set and you'll get a discount there and you can try out everything yourself and decide which one you love. And make sure that you message me and tell me which one you choose because I know you're going to love it. All right, let's get back to the show. Why do you feel like people are hesitant to get that help? Because it seems like 
back in the day, it was a village that raised a mm-hmm. child. Other moms were breastfeeding someone else's child. Like it didn't matter. We, everyone took care of each other. And then for so long, people have gone away from that. Right. Why do you think there's that resistance? That's again, another hour long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know so much wrapped in it. But, oh my gosh. I mean, there's so much. Women won't ask for what they need. Mm -hmm. We are givers, not receivers, until now. Because I'm hoping that a space like Women's Space and people like myself and McLean and other women that I love in the birth space and in the women's work space, we're all cheerleading us on to rise up and out and above all of these old ways of being that do not serve any longer. Mm-hmm. I think that it's just an awakening and some people are awake to, to it and some people aren't yet. And that's not a judgment. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's a question that I was just in my doula circle before coming here, and sometimes we are still asking ourselves that question. Why do some people get it, and why do some people don't get it? And um, I hope as we continue and move forward all together collectively on this planet that we can wake up to more of a accepting and an opening and receiving the help from a doula because we are wise. We have a lot to share. And, um, there's just so much support there to a woman mm-hmm. and the family and the partner to have a more loving, supportive birth experience. Mm-hmm. Are you on, you're on call obviously with all of these families. Yes. That's got to be wild for your schedule. It is so wild. Especially with your own schedule. Oh my gosh, it's (laughs) so wild. My husband is incredibly supportive and we do have a nanny Mm. um, with Phoenix and Madeline and she's incredibly supportive. And you know, it's so interesting. It always lines up. I can't explain it. It It just always lines up. It does. That's crazy. It does. I mean, it's such a wild job, but... It's, I don't know, it's it's the exciting piece to it. It can also be the most challenging part of it being on call. But um, that's birth, can't control it. No. How hard is it when things don't go as planned? You know, we can make all these plans mm-hmm. and, you know, want a home birth or a water birth mm-hmm. and then something happens. And how do you manage that? And, and what does that look like? That's mm-hmm. a lot of what the work prenatally that I do with my clients Mm. looks like is really looking at all of those expectations Mm. of what they're wanting, how they, um, any attachments of the outcome. And that's a lot of the work that I do Mm. prior to the birth. So hopefully regardless of the details of the birth, that they still feel a sense of being held and supported through the process, regardless of the details or things maybe not going to plan. Mm-hmm. I know you were talking about the con- conscious conception and mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of work with that right now. What yes. does that mean and how do you help people in that way? So conscious conception, it's kind of parallel with the, fr- with the fertility work that I'm doing. So specifically the conscious, so I offer this offering called doula counseling. And what that is, is I'm taking the spiritual, the principles from the spiritual psychology program that I graduated from and all the other healing modalities that that I've done in the past and putting them in a pot and offering doula counseling, which is really, doula means, the word doula means servant to a woman. Mm -hmm. So anytime I'm being of service, I feel like for me, I'm dueling Mm -hmm. and particularly with my conscious conception or fertility clients, really looking at all the layers and everything that's present that's blocking them from conceiving. And a lot of that that we do is kind of what we were talking about before with the child, the inner child work, which is dialoguing with the soul of the baby. Mm. So we bring in that awareness and I teach either the woman or the couple, how to commune with the baby's soul prior to conceiving and then prior to the baby coming earthside. Wow. You had someone talk about this. 
I think she, did she do a presentation? Does she work with the souls of babies? There is a woman who works at Women's Space, who, Sufi, who's yes. such a beautiful woman mm-hmm. and she does spirit baby readings. Okay, that's what it was. So yeah, so she's, she, so that process is more through mediumship. Okay. And the work that I do is, is just a different um, process. They complement each other. Okay. But it's a different process. So when you're doing that, are you in a meditation with them and having an open dialogue like that? Yeah, it depends on the person. So really meeting the couple or the person wherever they are depends on how we choose to communicate. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel from someone that you're a little too on the woo-woo side and so you try and kind of meet them where they are and just Mm -hmm. not... Not pressure is not the wrong, the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to push them too far because that's where you are, and they're over here, and you gotta find a happy medium. <laughs> I love that. I always meet people where they are. Yeah, I never come in with an agenda. Mm-hmm. I have a really big toolbox, and I pick it, pick up whatever tool is really most helpful to them because I'm to be of service. Mm-hmm. I have no agenda on how I'm gonna support them or whatever. I'm really just being completely present, being in that space that you know of how I am when I'm in circles. So I do that with my private clients and I just meet them where they are. I think a lot of conversation right now is about, you know, losing babies and miscarriages Mm -hmm. and not being able to get pregnant Mm -hmm. and all the infertility issues. And it's coming much more to the surface because it's less of a taboo topic now, Mm -hmm. which I think is so amazing. Um, and a lot of women are realizing that it's not just because you had a health issue or this happened or that. A lot of it is the energetic blocks mm-hmm. that are there. How do you work people through those and understanding that aspect of it? Yes. I mean, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that so much more is, this is one of the beautiful things about social media is that the lid has been lifted around us or we women in our stories. And I just led a miscarriage circle this past week, Mm. giving women the space to share about their loss. And I'm actually leading another circle on Saturday for women who have experienced a stillbirth. Mm. And I'm so passionate about holding space for these topics and allowing that safe space that you experience to not only work a process around just, you know, what might currently be happening in our lives, but these deeper life transformational experiences that women experience, mm-hmm. um, and not just holding space for birth stories right. and holding and honoring the death that does, um, exist. So, um, but back to your question specifically around, um, you know, how I work with people and on the energetic realm and unblocking. And again, it's that process that I work with them within the doula counseling offering and really holding that space and allowing for so much of it to be spoken. Mm -hmm. And the intention to speak it is to release it. Mm -hmm. And everyone's different. Everyone has a different loss um, story or they just have a different Everyone's just, again, I always just meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. Everyone's coming with a different, there is a common theme, of course, being a woman and what we go through, but everyone's coming with a different story and a different background. Mm -hmm. How do you see women's space growing now? Mm. You know, I, I don't know exactly how it will be of best service. So I'm asking that every day. I don't have an attachment to how women's space will expand and grow. And that may be interesting for people to hear that answered that way. Of course, I have goals. And my ultimate goal is that women's space inspires women to live at their most authentic, true selves and that more people will gather in circle and come together and um, come together in community and in love and and embrace what it is to be a woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm really continuously daily staying really open and aware and conscious to how that will continue 
to unfold. So I can't say on paper, oh, well, I see myself opening 20 women's spaces across the nation. You know, <laughs> like I tried to go down that road at one point in my business development. And I just don't know. I'm really staying open and I'm allowing it to come through me to just know what the next right action is and and to where to take it. And a lot of that is really honoring my process just coming off having a baby. Mm-hmm. And really just now stepping back into my private practice and being back with my clients and being back with this really beautiful new way of being within myself to then I get to share with my clients and women's space as a community and just continuing to not be attached to an outcome, but just to allow the authenticity to continue to unfold. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think if you come from that place and you just continue to welcome amazing women in the door, mm-hmm. it is going to become what it's supposed to. Exactly. It, they'll speak to what they need. You'll understand that. You'll know what you exactly. need. Exactly. And, and then it just unfolds. Yeah. That's really Some amazing. type of tour, going on tour. That's what I was thinking. So, I was I like, know. I don't want to say this on the recording. I'm going to tell her after. I want her to go on tour. <laughs> Good, okay. That makes me so happy. Yay. You tuned into it too. Love that. And that's the biggest thing is really meeting the need too. It's like, what do women need? I don't know. How can I show up and be of service? And something about going on tour. So I don't know if that's me going on tour or taking a bunch of facilitators and teachers with me on tour, or if it's women's space on tour, but Definitely wanting to reach women outside and physically. So much of my work is like, you got to be in the flesh, Mm -hmm. you know? And of course, there's these beautiful offerings and online seminars and beautiful ways of using technology to reach people. But I need to be in the flesh with people. I Mm -hmm. need to hold a woman's hand and see them and look them in the eye. Mm -hmm. I see you. And, you know, I'm only one person. So it's like, how do I clone yourself. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Go on tour, I guess. So we'll save more to be revealed. I think that (laughs) is, yeah, that's where we are, you know, and back to the social media, it's, it's killing us because we now want that connection in person. We're so connected Mm -hmm. online that Mm -hmm. I think we're all kind of repulsed by it at this point. And everyone just wants to be in a room with some great women and hold hands and just close our eyes and hold space and like feel energetically grounded because we're living at this like uh, high Mm. frequency of uncomfort, I feel. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that room and you're grounded and you're there, Mm. you're present, you're not on your phone, Mm. there's nothing like it. Yeah. And there's a desire. I get a lot of calls around, how do I do this? How did you create women's space? I want to do the same for myself in Illinois or Canada or Florida or Georgia or, you know, so it's like, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe a teacher training or something. What's your advice to someone that wants to get in a more grounded space, Mm -hmm. wants to be more in tune with themselves and maybe not have a women's circle, but have a a group of women like you and I were talking about Mm -hmm. where they can have those conversations. What would your first reaction be? Is to get together in a women's circle. (laughs) And I think anytime, it's like what you're saying, it sounds like that. I don't know when you get together with your friends or not, if you're sitting in circle or not, but I think it's the intention of Mm -hmm. why are we coming together And that's so powerful and huge. And sometimes coming together can be sharing our poetry together, our songs together, or our um, or sharing our pains together. I think the non-crosstalk is so huge at some point within getting together as women. I think it's important because we love to chitty chat, chat, chat when we get together, which is really beautiful. But I think that really just breathing and finding the stillness and it does that doesn't have to be the entire circle but for me i think it's really just going back to the sacredness of what it is to be a woman and to be with women and learning and how can we identify that in our own lives how can we modernize that for the 2018 woman or the 20 soon to be 19 woman how and then how can we model that 
for our girls. Mm -hmm. We're doing teen work at Women's Space now. I have a woman who's leading Circle for Teens. So what we do in Mm -hmm. Women's Circle, the teens are getting now. And we did our first circle on Saturday. And how can we model this way of being as women for the generation to come? I know for me, a lot of it is like, if what I'm doing today, am I not only being of service to the woman in front of me, but the service to the woman behind who's coming up mm-hmm. behind me, not behind me, and but just age-wise, yeah. just the generation next, not behind, but next. And I watch it with my daughter and how she is. And, and she's, she's doing it because she's watching me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love that teen service. Yes. That is, yes. Whew. Yes. Cause I'll, I yes. wish I had that when yes. I was that age. Same. Yeah. And the woman that's doing it, it's, she's beautiful and this is her work and she's working in a school and she's just, the system isn't allowing her to do the work that she really wants to mm-hmm. do. So we're doing it at Women's Space. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. I love Paula's recommendations for how you can create this kind of life for yourself. An emotionally intelligent, honest, and purpose-driven life with your sisterhood is incredibly possible. And if you have a chance to get to Circle in LA, I highly recommend it. There's nothing quite like it. Make sure you send lots of love to Paula at Women's Space on Instagram and tag us so we know you loved this episode. In just a few days, I'll have another inspirational conversation for you here on the Platform Podcast. See you soon and thanks for listening.